welcome back to Andy Hughes the 80s, our REM madness bracket. We are so mad. We're going crazy in the studio so here. So crazy. Uh, and I feel like this is an episode of Delicious Dish. Like, <laughs> this is this is making me crazy. I mean, this is, man, just yeah. all of this music. We're going completely mad here. Yes, totally, totally to mad. Yes. The rock and roll styling of <laughs> R.E.M. Uh, but we're kicking it up a notch this episode. Bam! We've made it to the rock division, round one. Uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, you can go back here, kind of the overview of how we decided to fill out this bracket. Uh, you can also, of course, go to our Twitter page at Andy Hears It and vote on your selections for each of these matchups. Uh, but we'll be going through numbers one through sixteen. Our sixteen seeds in the rock division, uh, kicking it off with the number one seed of the division, the one I love from Document, released August of eighty-seven, peaked at number nine on the U.S. Top One Hundred, going up against number sixteen, Man Sized Wreath, from Accelerate. Released August of 2008, uh, did not chart, but received 88 live plays from the band. Uh, this, I mean, the one I love, I think... For me, it's the one I it's, love. It's yeah. pretty easy. I think Mansize Wreath is good, and I like... It's fine, I actually yeah. like Accelerate a lot. I think that and Collapse are two... They probably get overlooked because they're at the end of their catalog, but mm. I think they are good. The the thing that I discovered about the one I love, which I didn't know, mm-hmm. was again going back to the the music video mm-hmm. for that song. The cinematographer on that video, the the DP, was Alton Brown. Really? Yeah, he was a photographer, <laughs> like videographer, and then he wow. I don't know left and had a some kind of spiritual awakening or whatever, <laughs> and then he decided to do to be like a food guru wow, forever. But yeah, uh, he is. I think he is from Georgia, actually. Right, so that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. N- yeah. Nothing to do with the quality of the song. It's just <laughs> no, that's, that's a fun that's a that's a, fun that's a little fun tidbit. <laughs> uh but yeah, the one I love for sure. And coincidentally, I think fun tidbits is a recipe that Alton Brown then <laughs> makes. <laughs> just nothing but grenadine. <laughs> Alright, so the one I love, that's an easy matchup. Yeah. Sorry to Man Size Wreath. Why don't we play a little bit just to send it out? Here are the first few seconds of Man Size Wreath. What's that from? From Accelerate. Dylan goes super electric. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a fun song. I think it does suffer also, though, from every time I looked at it, I'm like, which one is Man Sized Reef? Right. There's a few of these. Yeah. I only have so much space in my head for, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, any band, really. There's, there are only so many. And I think this is just, this is nice to keep in mind about just music in general. It's like, if you, if you get one big hit and you're a one hit wonder, mm-hmm then that still puts you up on so many other bands that just don't ever put out anything good. If you've got five really good songs, Mm -hmm. then you're a great band, like one of the best bands of the year or the decade. And if if you manage to have 10 or 15 really great Mm -hmm. songs, then you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you're one of the best bands of all time. And R.E.M., what 20 25 i mean yeah there's like, at least... i don't i don't love most of the songs on this 64 song bracket but 
they're still one of the greatest mm-hmm. bands of all time yeah. because just of the sheer amount of output. There's at least five or six per division here on this bracket that are like, these are incredible songs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, they're pretty remarkable. Uh, moving on to the next matchup, we have uh, serendipitously, the eight seed is Driver 8 from uh, Fables of the Reconstruction. You did that on purpose. <laughs> There's a couple of these that I... Would love to say you I did You did have purpose, pop song versus a radio song in the last, yeah. These seeds, uh, like I mentioned before, they're seeded by their chart position, and they're placed by generally what type of song I, right. I categorize. Did you try as. to avoid, and I, I know there's at least one, and I think there's only one matchup in the first round uh, with two songs from the same album going against each other. Did you try to avoid that too, or I, was that just a coincidence? I didn't try to avoid it only, but I did try to spread out the songs as much as possible as far as eras and albums go. So if it happened, it happened, but I didn't. The only thing I really looked at, like I said, was making it so that one division wasn't too overloaded with early or late songs. Uh, But Driver 8, number 8 seed from uh, Fables of the Reconstruction, released as a single September of 1985, peaked at number 22 on the U.S. rock charts, going up against number 9, Finest Work Song, from Document, released March of 88, peaked at number 28 on the U.S. rock charts. Um, this one is a little tough. I like both of these songs. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are you leaning one way or the other? Slightly work song. Okay. Yeah. I think... I don't have a strong preference either way. Yeah. It's another one, too, where regardless of which wins, it's probably going to get eliminated next round anyway. Yes. I'm I think... By us, at least. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll see online. But... Um, Let's play a little bit of the of each of them because I think they're both pretty solid songs. All right, I'll start with Driver Eight. They are both good. I think I I probably do lean f- finest work song a little bit. Just by a little Just bit. Just by a though, little bit. Yeah. I love Driver Eight. It has a great riff, obviously. Yeah. But Driver Eight's a little more dynamic. I think it's a little less repetitive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, finest work song by a little bit. By a little bit, yeah. But if you're listening and you prefer Driver Eight, even if you strongly prefer Driver Eight, 
That's fine, too. <laughs> yes. All <laughs> opinions on Driver 8 are welcome. Here. Yes. Well, don't go that far. Like, there, I'm sure there are some opinions about Driver 8 that are not <laughs> acceptable. If you play it backwards, they're telling you to worship Satan. <laughs> That's acceptable to me. Do, okay, maybe, yeah. That's a be surprising, but it'd be it, yeah, it'd be surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I guess don't knock it until you listen to it <laughs> yeah. backwards and see, right? Yeah. All right, coming up now, our next matchup, the number five oh, seed, here we go. Radio Free Europe, their first single, uh, released July of '81, the first time, and then June of '83, the second time, uh, from Murmur, peaked at 78 on the U.S. Top 100, going up against Bad Day which was released September of 2003, peaked at number one on the U.S. alternative charts from their in-time Best of 2003 compilation. Uh, and Bad Day was released in 03, but had existed for close to mm -hmm. two decades in various forms. Yeah. Got r slightly revised and rewritten and released as It's the End of the World as we know it, mm -hmm. and then they just kind of stuck with it and refigured it and finally released it as its own song. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of basically a bonus track for that best of compilation. And that, yeah, it is one that they'd been kicking around for a while and just, uh, yeah, kind of morphed into End of the World as we know it and then yeah. re recorded it just for fun, basically. I said in the last episode that in this first round of 64 that I think mm -hmm. there's only one matchup where I'm going to have an opinion that is going to be really surprising. And this is the one bad day over wow. Radio Free Europe. Really? Yes. Both good songs, but. I have always really liked Bad Day. I think it's a fantastic song. Um, yeah. That is and, the most And surprising. Radio Free Europe, as much of a reputation as it has, it's the song, it's the first big song of R.E.M.'s career. Mm -hmm. uh, it's part of what made its reputation. It's one line. It's calling out in transit, Radio Free mm -hmm. Europe, Radio Free Europe. And then the rest of the song is just, what is it? Like, it's that <laughs> one riff that, that right. makes the song. And Bad Day is a song that, I think it's a complete song. I think it builds. I think it has a good, mm -hmm. like, narrative arc uh, in the sense that it rises, it falls, it rises, it peaks. Like, I think it's, I think it's a more complete song than Radio Free Europe. All right. I, I like, but I know that I'm going to be in the super minority <laughs> yeah, on that. I so. certainly going into this <laughs> wouldn't have thought it would have even been a contentious matchup, but because yeah. I'm certainly leaning Radio Free Europe, but I'm not leaning it strong enough that I'll I'll be persuaded into a bad day matchup. Well, let's let's listen to both of them because both of these are fantastic songs. Yeah. I think. Eventually. <laughs>
Service announcement followed me home the other day. I paid it, never mind. Go away. Shit so thick you can stir with a stick. Free Teflon whitewash presidency. We're sick of being jerked around. Well, out on your sleeve. Broadcast me a joyful noise from two the times. Lord, count your blessings. We're sick of being jerked around. Also, both of these songs take a long time to get to the chorus. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they're both great songs. They're uh, both great. I have a soft spot in my heart for Bad Day. That's always been one of my favorite R.E.M. <laughs> songs. Uh, yeah, I think Radio Free Europe is certainly notable for being the song to kind of kick off their career, essentially. Mm. But I think, uh, you know, I don't feel strongly enough about it as... A, I think it's a great song, but I don't feel strongly enough, even as much as like talk about the passion from yeah. last week. Well, let me let me ask you this: mm-hmm. uh, Do either of these songs go very far for you in the bracket? That's the other thing. I think either song from the next matchup I like better than both of these, and so. and so do I. So yeah, all right. Let's say Radio Free Europe, just because that's what most people are gonna say. <laughs> fair, to be okay. honest, unless we want to be like contrarian and get people pissed off, we can do that too. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a big enough following to piss anybody off. Do you want to be contrarian? Yeah. Do you want to go there? The, the way you said it was so seductive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's say Radio Free Europe, because also I think if for some reason any of these Twitter polls result in ties, I want to use the winner of this to determine the advancement for that. Too, okay, so. cool. Yeah. All right. Next up, number four seed. Great Beyond from the Man on the Moon soundtrack releases a single November of 99 going up against Uberlin the 13 seed released from Collapse Into Now as a single January 2011 peaked at number 26 on the US alternative charts uh, this is a, this is a pretty hard matchup for me because I actually really like both of these songs mm, okay I think for Great Beyond uh, it was made, like like we said, just for that Man on the Moon soundtrack. I might like it as much as Man on the Moon itself, yes. the song, if not maybe a little more. And for much the same reason. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about Man on the Moon as being a, a song where Michael Stipe writes lyrics that that work the way a Stipe lyric ought to work, mm-hmm. where it doesn't necessarily make obvious sense up front, but... It evokes something yeah. that's deeper than that surface meaning, and Great Beyond is the same way. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Uberlin is, uh, first of all, a good title. Second of all, it has a great acoustic guitar riff. I think it's also a very evocative song, and I think it it shows some of the strength of those later, uh, it's from Collapse and Now, from, from that last album in general, which I think is un- under appreciate it probably yeah well, let's play a little bit of uberlin because you're gonna have to convince me on this one i don't think this okay. is close <laughs> hey now take your pills and hey now make your breakfast hey now comb your hair and off to work crash land no illusions no collision no Run away. Oh, I know, I know. 
That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good yeah. song. <laughs> I think ultimately Man on the Moon, or I mean, not Man on the Moon, but Great Beyond from Man on the Moon takes it. But yes. I, I want more people to look at Uberlin as a, a top-tier R.E.M. song. Yeah, it's it's good. I think for me, those later R.E.M. albums, I think, I think at that point they're kind of done, mm-hmm. um, but you know, there's there's some there's some good stuff from those albums, and Uberlin is fine. But yeah, for me, it's yeah. great beyond for sure. Yeah, they definitely are done by those by the end because they don't even tour after Collapse. Right, they release right. It and say goodbye. But I think the nice thing was they were done, but it didn't feel like they were phoning it in to me for those last two mm-hmm. albums. I think yeah. they went strong. And even if they are phoning it in, like this is one of the greatest bands of all time. <laughs> REM phoning it in is still going to be yeah. a really good set of songs. Mm-hmm. All right, now it's the number six seed, uh, Supernatural Super Serious from Accelerate, released as a single February of twenty or 2008, and going up against Pretty Persuasion, number 11, uh, never officially released as a commercial single from Reckoning, but peaked at number 44 on the U.S. rock charts. This one, uh, you know, I like Supernatural Super Serious, but I think Pretty Persuasion is an all-time R.E.M. song. Yeah, I think it's very good. Yeah. Um for me, it's not going to go super far in the bracket, but it's uh, yeah, it's this mm-hmm. one. This one is not that close. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't have to waste time. I think for me, like just in general, you can usually predict where I'm going to go. Middle REM is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, early REM is good. Later REM is phoning it in. So if it's an early versus a late REM song, I'm probably going to go with the early one most of the time. I say that having just chosen Bad Day over Radio Free Europe, <laughs> but Bad Day was technically an early right. REM song that got released later. Yeah. So I'm sticking with that. Mm-hmm. I know, and I think the only period that kind of dips for me is from, like, uh, up to, uh, I guess, what's the one? Uh, Around the Sun. Like, yeah. th- those three are really the only There's songs a couple, yeah, spot yeah. that I don't really care for. And even those, they're great songs. There's a still. couple of really great songs on those albums, yeah. All right, moving right along to the number three seed, What's the Frequency, Kenneth, from Monster. Releases a single September of 94, peaked at number 21 on the U.S. Top 100, going up against Discoverer, the 14 seed from Collapse Into Now, released in 2011, uh, peaked at number 28 on the U.S. Alternative Charts. So by the Aaron standard, this is a middle versus a late song. This is not close <laughs> for me. Yeah. I, well, yeah. What's the Frequency, Kenneth? That is another all-time great All-time great yeah. song. And another one where the lyrics make no effing sense, <laughs> but they evoke something. Like, they yeah. make me feel something listening to them, and that's 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 what an R.E.M. song should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an all-time great. I like Discoverer because I like Collapse Into Now, and yeah. I like the way at the end of Collapse Into Now, they have kind of a reprise uh, at the end of their last song for yep. Discoverer. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, it's going up against a juggernaut. Yeah. Frequency is also somehow a great protest song. Like, it feels <laughs> like they're making a statement against society mm-hmm. uh, or about society, even if the, the lyrics don't ex- exactly uh, say that out loud. Yeah. It's a, it feels like it's a song that has something to say. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just the origin. I don't know. Yeah, because it gets its title from Dan Rather Dan getting Rather attacked, mugged. Right? Yeah. yeah. And some idiot who's mugging him and <laughs> saying something that makes absolutely no sense. I wonder where that guy is today yeah, or where that guy was in 1994, 95 mm-hmm. when that song came out. Was he proud? Was he weirded out by it? What know. was what was his situation? Yeah. I don't know. Somebody has to do like a 
documentary or something about it. Yeah. But I don't think they ever caught the guy, did they? I don't so, think so, yeah. So he just vanished into mystery like D.B. Cooper and we'll never hear from him again. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. What's the frequency, Kenneth? Advancing. Yep. Next matchup we've got is the number seven seed, Orange Crush from Green, released as a single December of 88, peaked at number one on the U.S. rock charts as well as the number one alternative charts, uh, and going up against Ages of You, which is from Dead Letter Office. Uh, it was also the B-side of Wendell G., uh, never officially released as a single, uh, but peaked at number 39 on the U.S. rock charts. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is Orange Crush and no mm-hmm. no contest. My question for you is, uh-huh. of R.E.M.'s two Crush songs, <laughs> which is your favorite? Because mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get the Orange Crush versus Crush with Eyeliner no. matchup because both of those are in different brackets, and I don't think either of them are making the final four. So yeah. Yeah, what's, what's your two, pick there? Unless those two make it all the way to the championship round, I don't think that they get which matched I up. Which I really but... don't think is happening. <laughs> That's an interesting one because the more I listen to it, actually... Crush with Eyeliner kind of became like my second favorite song from Monster after mm-hmm. Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, that's a great song. I think that's a... Wait, let me let me look at the track list for Monster. I think you might be right about that. Oh, no, no. Third best. Uh, Strange Currencies. Strange Currencies, yeah. okay. Yeah. There's a lot of gr- uh, great songs on Monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that um, Orange Crush is also a great song. Yes. I think it's hard to compare them because they're so different, but I think maybe... Maybe Orange Crush has a slight advantage. I think Orange advantage. Crush, yeah. I think Orange Crush because it's got a better, it's got a catchier riff in the chorus. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that puts it ahead, and yeah. not by much. But not I think much, that's my yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And both of those, I think, are better than Ages of You, which uh, is not yes. a bad song. But <laughs> I think it's kind of a, it's almost like that same thing. Uh, I forget which song we were talking about before, but it, this almost sounds like what an REM cover band would mm-hmm. would make, right? Yeah. And that's kind of why it was a B side, but. It's still a good, still a good song, but it's Wanderlust. Uh, we were talking about Wanderlust, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If there's a like an IRS REM cover band, that's what they would make. Ages of You, and if there's a later period REM cover <laughs> band, they would make Wanderlust. <laughs> yes. All right, so Orange Crush advancing over Ages of You. Have we agreed on everything so far except Radio Free Europe? I think so. This, okay. This has been a pretty smooth bracket. This is easy. So far. Yeah. That's cake. <laughs> that's a different bracket. Yeah, that's a very different bracket. All right, final matchup of the rock division. We have the number two seed, Bang and Blame, from Monster, released as a single October 94, peaked at number 19 on the U.S. Top 100. And sitting still, the number... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The number 15 seed uh, from Murmur, 1983. Never released as a single, but played 366 times live. Uh, I think a lot of these, I feel like Bang and Blame is another song that gets uh, dumped on by some R.E.M. fans. Maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. about that. Is it is it because of their popularity? Because we've already talked about Stand and Shiny Happy People, and those are also two of their more chart-topping mm-hmm. popular songs. Is it because they were so popular and got played? or I don't know. It's hard to say. I haven't heard much negativity about Bang and Blame. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe I'm... Th- maybe I'm seeing Bang and Blame and thinking Stand. I could be... Maybe. I do have a tendency to get those two, two songs confused <laughs> every so often. I like Bang and Blame. I think the my only kind of knock against it is I feel like it's probably about a minute too long. 
Yeah, I it gets kind of repetitive at the end, yeah. but yeah, that's fair. Because I like it, and I like Monster, but I think, yeah, it, just, it overstays its welcome just enough where yeah. I'm like, all right, let's move More on. and more, as I'm listening to more music, I think at a certain point, and, and I've, I said this about Bad Day, that mm-hmm. a song should rise and fall, and there should be feeling mm-hmm. like you're on a roller coaster ride. Like you go up, you drop, you come up, there's a little pause in the middle so you can collect yourself, and then it uh, brings it home with a climax at the end. Uh, a song like Bang and Blame does all of that, and then it just kind of hangs out mm-hmm. for another minute and a half and at a certain yeah. point that's just self-indulgent yeah i think it's it if this was a, you know a three minute song on the album but mm-hmm. then if you saw them live and they played it for six minutes i'd be like oh cool yeah but as it is i think it's a little overlong whereas sitting still i think is a great song that doesn't overstay its welcome and has that perfect classic rem rise fall I yeah think. i'm still going with bang and blame though oh are we? Are you going with the fifty and over the two? I think I'm going I'm, with I'm, the fifteen. I'm sitting here talking about like, oh, here are all the problems with Bang and Blame. I still think Bang and Blame is a great song. I think it's one of the three or four best songs on this bracket, and uh, and I'm I'm going with that one. But so is Sitting Still then one of the ones that you think the band has a higher opinion of than you? Because it's it was their tenth most played live song. Is do they? If if Sitting Still is one of their 10 most played songs, then yes. I do not <laughs> think that Sitting Still is one of the 10 best R.E.M. songs of all time. No, granted, and I am objectively correct about that. <laughs> Some of that probably is from it being from their first album, so it had more opportunities right, to be right. played live. But... Well, okay, let's listen to Sitting Still. What's, mm-hmm. it, what's it off? It is off of Murmur. Murmur, all right, here we go. That's like a REM warm blanket to me. That's, that's like that's classic fine. sound. Yeah, I I would go with Bang and Blame. I don't need to. I don't need to push Bang and Blame way far down the bracket. So mm-hmm. if you wanna, if you wanna go with Sitting Still here, that actually, that actually makes my second round choice a lot easier because <laughs> I'm looking at Orange Crush versus Blank, Bang and Blame and thinking I do not know which song yeah. between those two that I prefer. But I do have an obvious preference between Orange Crush and Sitting Still. So if you want to go with that, yeah, I'm good yeah. with that. I'll make the next round easy for you. Okay, then, good. We'll go, yeah, we'll sitting Still sitting it still. is. <laughs> do we have a two-seed advancing? Oh, we have to. The other two seeds are some pretty good songs. Well, yeah, we'll find out. This is the last matchup of the Rock Division. Yeah. With uh, sitting still, advancing over bang and blame. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next episode in uh, three days, we'll be taking a look at the ballad division. My favorite division. With a lot of strong contenders in oh, there. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, you can go to our Twitter feed at Andy Hears It. Cast your votes for your favorite REM singles in this bracket. 
and stay tuned and listen to our picks for the ballad division next. Thank you, Aaron. We'll see you in a little bit. See you next time.